So I want to kind of end the sermon started last month on yes, but. Y'all remember that? There are phrases in Scripture where yes, but, and it changes. Well, we're going to talk about another one of those today. You know, there are, as you read the Bible, there are verses, and then there are verses that really grab you, really get your attention. You know what I'm talking about? There are some verses, folks, you just can't skip over. It's almost like you're caught in a giant spider web and you, you can't move on until you read through it, until you really understand what's being said, until you really study to get to the root of what the, the author, what God is speaking of through the writers. Uh, matter of fact, if you're serious about studying the Bible, uh, as I am, and you take God's Word seriously, there are certain verses that will stop you dead in your track, make you give it undivided attention, and make you really th- think through Well, the verse we're going to look at today is one of those verses. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 6 this morning. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, this is probably one of the most familiar verses in the Bible. It's extremely short. It's extremely easy to memorize. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, then preacher, why are you saying that this verse is such an attention getter, such an attention grabber? I mean, especially when you think there are only 20 words in the verse. Actually, in the original language, there's only 19 words in the Greek language. There are only 20 words in the English translation, and only three of those words have more than one syllable. And they're not difficult words. They're the word wages, eternal, and Jesus. Now, what makes this verse that we're going to read to me one of the most powerful statements in all the Bible is a little three-letter word that comes a third of the way through the verse. In fact, it's the very basis of the series we've been going through. Again, yes, but. And it's that little conjunction, that little three-letter word, but. Now, we've been learning in these messages that that one little word uttered at the right time, in the right place, in the right situation, to the right person, is literally a life-changing word. So look at familiar verse, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, today as we look at this very familiar passage, I pray that we would be in the moment with you right here, that the ears of our heart would be open, that we would not be distracted. I pray distractions kept to a minimum. That, Father, we'd be focusing on what it is that you're saying to us today. We would see the great truth, the great depth of this verse. Father, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for meeting with us today. In Christ's name, amen. Now, folks, today we're going to deal with something that affects all of us. If it was not for that little three-letter word, but we would be absolutely helpless and hopeless. We would be helpless and hopeless when it comes to knowing God, when it comes to having forgiveness of our sins, when it comes to having peace and purpose in life. Because it all has to do with the following things that we say we believe. And let me give you some examples here. See if you don't agree with me on this. Let me make some statements. Number one, if you do the crime, you should pay the time. You agree with that? 
Well, I think most people do, folks. People who do wrong should be punished for doing wrong. That's why we have judges. That's why we have defenders and, and prosecuting attorneys and courthouses and jails and even places of execution. Here's another statement. An evil deed must be punished. You, you agree with that? I think most of us would agree with that. Otherwise, you have anarchy in the streets. You couldn't have society as we know it. Here's the last one. Bad people should get what they deserve. Now, hey, I'm, I'm asking you to be honest with yourself. Don't be so spiritual and heavenly minded. You're no earthly good, okay? Now, listen to me. Let me say it again. Bad people should get what they deserve. Most of us, if we're honest, we're going to say yes. That's what justice is all about. Now, folks, I'd like to do something here. I want to throw in that little three-letter word, but. Because everything we just said is exactly what the Bible says, but the Bible puts it differently. Look at the verse again. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. Now, folks, I'm pretty simple-minded. Ask my wife. She can tell you that. But that verse right there is simple. It's hard to misunderstand what's being said. It's pretty simple, it's pretty plain, it's logical. If you do the crime, you do the time. Evil deeds must be punished. Bad people should get what they deserve. And let me say this, whether you believe in the death penalty or not, deep down, if we're honest with ourselves, deep down inside there are certain things that people do that are so heinous, that are so uh, just evil, folks, that they deserve the death penalty. Now, if we were going to be honest, I think we'd all agree with that. Now, let me tell you how all of this I've been talking about applies to us. And it's something we never think about. There is one statistic that has held true since the beginning of time and will hold true to the end of time. You know what that statistic is? One out of one people die. Everybody dies. Every one of us are under the death penalty. But I think, again, we would agree, folks, uh, speaking on a, on a relative scale, there are some people that are much better than other people are in this life. For instance, even though we're all condemned under, under the penalty of death according to God's Word, I think you'd agree with me, there are some people who are better than others. For instance, you're not going to compare, say, uh, uh, Hitler and Stalin with uh, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. I mean... The fact is this, bad dictators die, good leaders die, murderers die, ministers die. Now to understand not only how that works and why it's true, but to understand the remedy for our death problem, there are three words to consider in this verse. I have them highlighted in my Bible. It's the word for, the word but, and the word through. One is a yes statement, one is the but statement, and together I believe it's the greatest yes but statement, perhaps, in all the Bible. Now, I want you to notice, first thing we have to understand is, we all deserve death. Now, I realize this is not a popular subject. I realize that most people in our world, in our society today, they don't want somebody to tell them the truth, that because of our sin, we are all under the penalty of death. But that's what God's Word says, folks. It makes it pretty clear and pretty plain. We've already stated, we know that everybody dies. Well, let me say something. I had an interesting thought about the death penalty. Maybe you're in favor of it. Maybe you're not in favor of it. But there are two things that are true about the death penalty. First of all, number one, the law states that certain penalties deserve death. But then number two, 
Again, whether you believe in the death penalty or not, if you're honest with yourself, there are some things that some people do that are so evil, so reprehensible, that the person who does them, we believe deep down, they deserve to give their life. They deserve to die for that. Now hold that thought in your mind and couple it with this fact, that we all die, and here's what I think is somewhat ironic. If you don't give the death penalty to a criminal, that doesn't mean that he escapes death. Because he's still going to die, folks. In other words, I'll say it again. Every one of us are under the death penalty. Now in a way, I realize that seems unfair. I mean, you would expect bad people to die or evil people to die. Uh, for instance, if a terrorist is killed or, or dies while perpetrating some uh, terrorist act, if we're honest about it in our heart, we'll say something like this. Well, they deserve that. They brought it on themselves. Right? Well, folks, listen to me. <laughs> Think about the rest of us. Okay? The Scripture says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, what about the rest of us who aren't terrorists? Okay? Those of us who try to live a good, moral, decent, upstanding life, you know, we don't intentionally ever want to harm anybody. And we wouldn't think about stealing, killing, uh, raping, or murdering. But, folks, we die too. I mean, it's a fact. And here's the startling truth. Not only do we die, we all deserve to die. You say, why, preacher? Well, and people ask the question, maybe not in these exact words, but along this line. What have all the good people in this world done to deserve to die? Listen to the verse again. For the wages of sin is death. Now let's take this verse a piece at a time, alright? Let me unload it for you. First off, what's a wage? Well, the wage is what you earn. A wage is what is due you, what you deserve. A wage is what you work for. There's even a saying we have, folks. It says, uh, you know, a fair day's wage for a fair day's work. Well, you need to understand in the time when God was speaking to the Apostle Paul and he was penning these words, the word wage was used to speak of a daily food ration that was given to a Roman soldier. It was actually his pay for the end of the day, for his service that day, for just simply doing his job. So now we get to the root problem of why everybody is under the death penalty and everybody dies, folks. Because listen, I'm going to be honest with you. We really don't understand the real cause of death. We don't grasp it. I was reading something the other day about uh, medical mistakes here in America and errors here in America. Do you realize that medical mistakes and errors are the third most common cause of death here in the United States? Right under heart disease and cancer. And John Hopkins researchers, they said this, that the primary causes of that are incorrect diagnosis and medication mix-up. So in other words, I'm not saying don't go back to your doctor, he'll mess your medication, That's, you're not hearing me. What I'm telling you, in other words, doctors sometimes, they're human, they make mistakes. They fail to identify the right disease and the right cause, and then they prescribe the wrong medication. Now I cannot tell you how much that relates to this verse that we're looking at this morning. Wrong diagnosis, wrong treatment. Listen to me, folks. Many people have the wrong diagnosis about death. And because they have the wrong diagnosis, they apply the wrong treatment. Because here's what I want you to grasp. The primary, the number one, and the only true reason why people die is not because of physical problems, but in reality because of spiritual problem. It's called sin. The Bible says when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. The wages of sin is death. 
And, you know, because of that sin, we're all sinners. Nobody's perfect. We've all done wrong. Sin is like a poison. All right? And it kills all of us. Now, I realize, especially today in our society, people have a problem with that because they say, wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute. We're not all equally sinners. There are some really, really bad sinners, and then there are me, you know, a really, really good sinner. <clears throat> okay, let me give you an illustration to help you grasp this point. There was a preacher who had a buddy who was a doctor, and they were playing golf. And the preacher asked the doctor, he said, hey, tell me something, doc. He said, what is the, the, the worst, the most powerful poison in the world? The doctor told him what it was. And he said, well, just how powerful is it? The doctor said, you know what? If you took the stopper out of that bottle and held it up and let a drop from that stopper fall under your tongue where the blood vessels are closest to the skin, he said, you would be dead before you put the stopper back in the bottle. The preacher said, really? He said, well, let me ask you this. He said, what would happen if I drank the whole bottle? The doctor kind of looked at him funny. He said, well, you would die. He said, but you wouldn't be any deader than you are by putting one drop under your tongue. Now here's the point that I want you to grasp, folks. It's not the amount of sin that kills you. It's the fact of sin that kills you. And we're all sinners. That's why we're all sinners. That's why everybody dies, whether they're good people, bad people, sin. And think about this. Sin is the ultimate serial killer because it kills everybody. Now, folks, the truth is nobody really dies of natural causes. Eventually, everybody dies of one supernatural cause. That's sin. And let me say this. If you want to know how serious sin is, you want to know how seriously God takes sin, well, go on down to the funeral home after church dismissed and, and look in a casket and, and view a corpse. That's how serious the matter of sin is. When sin is finished, it brings forth death. The wages of sin is death. However, the problem's even bigger than that, folks. Sin not only kills physically, but it kills relationally. Now, I've seen this. You've seen it. We all have. Uh, it, sin kills marriages. Sin kills uh, peace between nations. Sin kills friendships. But let me take it a step farther. The greatest way that sin kills is spiritually. Now, folks, death here in verse 23, in this verse, it's not referring primarily to physical death, but spiritual death. Sin kills your relationship with God. God is light, but sin puts you in darkness. God is life, but sin puts you to death. And the physical death separates the soul from the body, but the spiritual death separates the soul from God. Now let me say this, if you go back and you read the story, read the account of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, at the very beginning, God warned them. He said, you can eat any fruit of the tree of the garden, anything you want, Except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. God gave them one rule, and they couldn't follow that. He said, don't eat from that tree, because in the day you eat from it, you will die. Now you read that story, and you say, well, preacher, they ate from it, but they didn't die. Well, friend, God does not lie. They did die. Listen to me. They died immediately in their spirit. Immediately, they died in their spirit. They were, their fellowship with God was broken. They were separated from God. Then ultimately, like all people, their spiritual death led to their physical death. They died physically. But I'm going to take it a step farther. The word death goes even deeper here in this verse. What this word of death 
in, in Romans 6.23 refers to, it really refers to eternal death. Now let me explain. We are separated from God by our sins. And if we die in our sins, we will die eternally separated from God. That's what this is talking about. Listen to me now. Spiritual death can be reversed by a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Physical death, it's reversed for those that know the Lord Jesus Christ because one day we're going to be resurrected and receive a new body that will never die. But I want you to listen to me, friend. Listen carefully. There is no remedy, no reversal of eternal death. Think about this. The price of everything has changed. I mean, has the price changed since you was a kid to where you are now? Was gas $3 a gallon when you was a kid or two fifty or whatever it is? Some of you, I know it wasn't that high because when I was a kid, it wasn't that high. Everything changed. The price of everything. Inflation, deflation, wage, price escalation, the cost of living, it's all changed. But friend, listen to me, listen well. There is one price that has remained constant from the beginning of time and will be constant till the end of time, and that is the price of sin. The wages of sin is death. And let me make it clear, no matter how good you try to be, no matter how religious you think you are, no matter how righteous you want to be, the only thing you're going to earn without Jesus Christ is death. The wages of sin is death. We deserve death, but I want to see the second part of that verse. God desires life. Now there's only one remedy for darkness, what is that? Light. There's only one remedy for death, what is that? Life. Next part of the verse is so fantastic and amazing. Yes, the wages of sin is death. But, look at the verse. But the gift of God is eternal life. Now listen to me, friend. If sin brings eternal death, then the only solution, the only solution to eternal death must be eternal life. So how do you get eternal life? Well, here's where God throws the curveball in the natural man's way of thinking and the way natural man thinks things ought to be. Most people who believe in heaven and hell, they believe that good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. If you doubt that, just ask somebody walking down the street. Ask them, do you believe in eternity? you believe in heaven and hell? If they say, oh yeah, yeah. Most people you say, well, who goes to heaven who goes to hell? They're going to say, well, bad people go to hell. Good people go to heaven. Well, that sounds good from a natural man's point of view. And it sounds simple. If you're bad, you deserve hell. If you're good, you deserve heaven. But folks, we've already seen, we've already seen that the only difference between good people and bad people is that some people are good sinners and some people are bad sinners. And at the end of the day, the wages of all sinners is death. Now, this is the way most people think this verse ought to read. Listen to it. The wages of badness is death. But the wages of goodness is eternal life. But we have a very serious problem. There's a great difference between eternal death and eternal life. Now, we've already concluded this point. We all deserve death. We've earned it because of our sin. None of us, me, you, none of us, deserve eternal life. Because no matter how good we are, we can never be good enough to deserve it. Here's what's so amazing. We've already seen we deserve death because we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death. And listen to this. When we die, friend, physically, spiritually, and eternally, we're just simply getting what we deserve. But eternal life is a gift. It's a gift we don't deserve. And let me, say, let me tell you right now, listen to me. 
This is the greatest news you'll ever hear in your life. When we accept what we don't deserve, we don't have to get what we do deserve. Amen? You see, eternal life, folks, and I've heard this taught and preached, and people got it backwards. Eternal life is not a goal you achieve. It's a gift that you receive right here now. It's one thing to earn a salary, to earn a wage. It's another thing to receive a gift. I've already said it, I'm going to say it again. Sin pays wages, and the wages that sin pays is death, which is exactly what we deserve. But God gives eternal life as a gift that we don't deserve. Now let me say this. Do you understand what eternal life is? Eternal life is more than just living forever. Pay close attention, folks. If eternal life was simply living forever, God could let us live forever right here on this earth the way things are right now. Now the truth of the matter is this, everybody's going to live somewhere forever, either in heaven with God or in hell separated from God. But everybody's going to live somewhere forever. But what exactly is eternal life? Well friend, nobody said it better than Jesus Himself. John chapter 17 and verse 3. He says, And this is eternal life, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. So what Jesus is saying is, eternal life is knowing God. It's being fully connected to God. It's having God dwell inside of you, and you in Him. It's worshiping God, obeying God, loving God, serving God, and glorifying God. And by the way, if you haven't realized this, eternal life is what you get right here and now. Notice the verse again. It doesn't say the gift of God will be eternal life. It says the gift of God is eternal life. Well, folks, it's not something you wait to get. Eternal life is what you have the very moment that you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You've got eternal life. It doesn't just mean you're going to live forever, friend, but it means you're going to live forever with God. So that means you become one of His children. You live in God's house forever. You fellowship with God forever. You're a member of His family forever. He is your Father forever. Now there's only one remedy for sin, and that's God. And there's only one remedy for death, and that's life. You know in the, the, the theater, in classic theater... I know you're saying, whoa, preacher, you know about classic theater? I know I don't look like it, but I read a book once. Actually, you can ask Marcy, I love the theater. In classic theater, there is a Latin phrase. It's called das ex machina. And what that phrase means is, in classical drama, it's referred to the introduction of God and the action of the play to resolve a problem. Now Euripides, the, the, the great uh, Greek tragedian playwright, he, he had a rule about using God in drama, and this is what he said. He said, God must never be introduced unless the characters have gotten themselves into such a mess and problem that only God could solve it. So what he's saying is they have to have a dilemma that only God could get them out of. Well, friend, I want you to listen to me. Sin and death is the ultimate das ex machina. We're in a mess, and we cannot and will not get ourselves out of it. The only one that can is God. The only way not to get what you deserve and to get what you don't deserve is to accept the free gift that God offers of eternal life. Yes, we deserve death, but praise God, God desires life. And praise God, here's the third point, Jesus delivers life 
through death. Paul adds five words at the end of this verse that may seem totally unnecessary. But I want you to look at them. Without these five words, there would be no gift of eternal life. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And notice these words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. <laughs> Why are those five words important? Because, folks, eternal life is a gift. It is the greatest gift of all. But there's one thing true about every gift. And that is this. Every gift that anyone has ever been given is not completely free. No gift is completely free. Now let me explain this to you. It's true of every gift that's ever been given, every gift you've ever gotten for uh, Christmas, birthday, anniversary, Father's Day, Mother's Day, because somebody thinks you're, a, you're just a great person, they give you a gift. Whatever gift that you've got, folks, a gift that you receive is free to you, but it was not free to someone else. Someone else had to pay for that gift. It costs nothing for you to receive the gift, but it costs something for someone to give that gift. Somebody paid for the gift, and listen close. Eternal life, the gift of eternal life, is free to you and me because Jesus paid the price. Now here's the kicker on it. Do you know how He bought spiritual life which gives you eternal life, which remedies your eternal death? Do you know how Jesus done that? He bought spiritual life through physical death on the cross. Now friend, He suffered and bled and died physically and, and, and had to face that spiritual death of being separated from God the Father on the cross so that you and I wouldn't have to. You see, He faced on the cross what you and I would face throughout all eternity if He had not faced it for us. So let me ask you, do you understand how Jesus died? You say, of course I do, preacher. The Roman soldiers crucified Him. Yes, they crucified Him. But they didn't kill Jesus. So what do you mean, preacher? Well, Jesus Himself said, John 10, verse 18, He said, nobody can take my life from me. I lay it down freely. I give it freely. So listen to me. Here, friend, listen to this. The same thing that kills us, killed Jesus. Sin. But it was not His sin. It was your sin and my sin that killed Him. He died for our sins... Like we will die for our sins if we don't take Jesus. And friend, He died for our sins that will be removed if we do take Jesus and accept that free gift. Now when we die, we get what we deserve. When Jesus died, He got what He didn't deserve. He took what He didn't deserve, the physical pain, agony, death, and separation from God the Father so that we might receive what we don't deserve, which is eternal life, and never to be separated from God. We deserve death. God desires life. Jesus delivers life to us through His death. Now here's the bottom line. I'm wrapping it up right here. Yes, we deserve death. But God desires life. Yes, friend, we can refuse Jesus and die physically, spiritually, and eternally. Or we can receive Jesus and live spiritually, physically, and eternally. We can get what we deserve. Or we can accept, folks, what we don't deserve and not get what we deserve. I want you to imagine, and let me just make it clear, the choice is yours. So imagine this. There's a knock comes on your door, at your door. You open the door. You got a special delivery there and special delivery from God. And there's a note. And the note says this. It says, Dear, whatever your name may be, Jeff, Todd, Jim, uh, Damon, whoever the name may be, 
I love you so much, I sent my only son to die for you. If you'll believe Him, trust Him, receive Him as your Lord and Savior, you will find eternal life in Him. Love God. Friend, that's what God has done for us. That's what the cross is all about. So let me say this. It's one thing to turn down a gift from another person. It's a totally different thing to turn down a gift from God. But the gift's got to be received. The choice is yours. You have to make that. Nobody else can make it for you. I can't. Your friend, your family, your wife, your husband, your, your kids, your mom and dad. Nobody else can make that for you. And listen, if you refuse the gift, you're going to get what you deserve, which is eternal death and eternal separation from God. Or you can receive Jesus Christ. You can receive the gift and you get what you don't deserve, which is eternal life, eternal communion with God. But hear me, hear me well. You can try to make it on your own, but all you're going to earn on your own, apart from Christ, is death. Because the wages of sin is death. But if you'll accept the gift, you'll receive eternal life. Again, the decision's yours. Yes, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's your choice. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, I pray for those here today that need to make that decision. Father, they need to give up trying to live a clean life and a pure life, a, a good life before you trying to earn their way to you and to eternal life and realizing that the only thing we earn apart from your gift, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, the only thing we earn is eternal death. Father, I pray for those that need to have the courage today. I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts, would give them the courage to step out, to come down front, to say, I want to accept the gift that God offers. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And then for those of us who are your children, we're saved and we know we're saved, we have accepted that gift. I pray that we would remember what a tremendous, what an amazing gift it truly is. And Father, we would not cease to be thankful. We would never get over the gift you've given us, where you have saved us from, and what you have saved us for. In Christ's name, amen. Will you stand, please? Thank you.